Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast on Prince. My name is Michael Dean, and joining me today, Big Sexy and Saxer. How are you? I'm doing well. May 1st is here. That means summer is not too far behind. Yeah, man. And uh, God, I just, well, I don't think we've done one of these in a while. Actually, we did one a couple weeks ago, which I haven't even put out yet, but that's another story. But uh, it just feels good to just get on the mic and talk about some prints. It's not an interview today or anything of that nature. But I uh, just wanted to geek out on prints. Um, one of the big things uh, for both of us, uh, we have started to read uh, Dwayne Tudor's new book. Um, I'm going to pull that so I have that title in front of me. Uh, Parade, or excuse me, Prints. And the Parade and Sign of the Times era studio sessions, 1985 and 1986. This is the follow up to his first book about Purple Rain era recordings. And that book was phenomenal. I'm sure you have all read that or heard about it. So this new one coming up uh, is about an era for me that is probably one of my favorites, if not the favorite. For a very long time, there's a lot of you know music and activity from this particular uh, you know, time frame. So just starting to really the early parts of diving into that, and just want to talk talk a little bit about that. See if there was any thoughts. Um, you know, we're not reviewing the book. You know, it's not time for that yet. And we haven't finished it. At least I haven't. But uh, man, big sexy. Um, let's just jump into it. Any any thoughts so far? Anything? Uh, coming to your mind starting to read this book are you were you are you excited to read it or uh yes <laughs> <laughs> i was extremely excited when i got the uh notification from you that we were going to do that you know and uh when for anyone who read Dwayne's first book the man does his homework you know and he comes with receipts for everything he has and so it's very meticulously researched and it's very well written. <clears throat> and so with that, you know, going into this new one, and again, like Mike said, this is a great time, you know, to be a Prince fan because there was so much happening and it starts off with things I didn't even know. I mean, I don't want to get too deep into it, but there are things about touring I didn't know, uh, a lot of the recording things I didn't know, and a lot of things were explained fuller you know, more fleshed out, you know, and um, it's a lot. And the good thing about Dwayne, and again, this is just my own personal bias. I like long books. That means you're going to get it all in there, you know, because when people write a book about a certain or anyone famous and it's like 200 pages, like, really? Were you even there, man? What? What? <laughs> you know, and with Dwayne, you definitely get get all of the information and he, and again, he backs up all of his sources. And I'm about 70 pages in so far. And I had to stop to finish the Tommy Matola book, which is also great. But okay. it is so good. It is so good. And it's taking me right back to 1985. And, I, and I'm loving it. I'm, I, I know it's, I know it's just going to get better. I know this. Yeah, this, you know, just to talk about the length and the detail, this, this would be on the, you know, on the Snyder cut side of things oh, yeah. <laughs> in oh, terms yeah. of, you know, it's going all the way in, you know, there's a lot of slow-mo in here, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, 
you, you get to the, the nitty gritty of things. And what I love about his first book, and I'm loving about this one, is it just, to me, it just takes you on this almost day for day journey. Yeah. Uh, of being with Prince. And, you know, this book picks up uh, during the Purple Rain tour. And it, it's a lot of times it was hard for me to, to, to envision that, you know, okay, I see Prince, he's doing all Purple Rain, but behind the scenes in his day to day, he's on, he's, you know, he's ramping up a uh, parade album. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's just hard to, I'm like, so he was, you know, sort of starting to jump into that. Like, it just seems so crazy. And, you know, he's finishing up around the world in a day and he's actually um, starting on Sheila's second album and yep. the recording. And it's just, you know, again, without giving too much away, it's just fascinating in terms of his day-to-day life. You know, he's doing this super big giant tour, Purple Rain, which is huge. And when you, you know, Dwayne is, is hilarious. He'll, you know, I'm looking at it right now, Tuesday, January 10th, 1985, venue, the summit, Houston, sold out 17,000 people. I'm like, Ugh. and I think the Syracuse one was like, did it say like 30,000 or 50 or yep. something? I'm just like, yep. that Carrier is dome. Yeah. so many people he is performing for. And then he'll do the show and then he goes to a studio and starts recording songs and they'll just be doing that all night like they'll leave you know at five in the morning or something and then they got to go to another city doing a sound check that could last a couple hours and just doing you know just this constant working every day i just was like i was blown away by that and and it's not like he's just doing throwaway songs he's doing classic (laughs) prince songs that you know and love and i'm like it's just, it's just a trip to me. So I was, I'm blown away reading it again, just because of Prince's work, man. And like the dedication to it, um, it just blows me away. And to hear them talk about the recordings of some of these songs as they're going along, I'm just like, wow. And you know, you get to see the process, you know, if you're a fan of at least being able to understand the process a little bit, Oh, okay, he worked on this song this day. They did overdubs on this day. Then he went back and worked on it again, or he started something new, or you know, he, he got the band together to work on this. And it's just like God. And one of the things I I was thinking about too, I was like, he had to have so much going on in his head, you I know, know, to keep yeah. all of this going. Like, not only is he sort of have to think, like, okay, I am the performer, I'm the head person on this giant tour. I have to be on point on stage. You know, everyone's watching me really, right? My attitude sort of determines if this thing is successful or not. So not only having all that, but then to have all the words to the songs in your head, all the, you know, the choreography cues, the cues with the lighting and all, you know, working mm-hmm. with the band. I just, and then I'm like, for most people, that's enough. That, that is a tremendous job unto itself. Like that's a lot of moving parts to have in your brain but then he also has okay i'm working on the next record you know the next album I, i'm i'm con- you know i got that visual in my head I'm, I'm working on that i'm coming up with these new songs and then to know the words to those songs and to write them and come up with them and uh, the parts to the songs the you know actual music teaching this to other people 
uh, and then have the band like, okay, I'm going to have you work on this song I'm working with for this other person. We're not going to actually perform it in our shows, but I want you to know it. Like, aside from all the other songs you need to know that I'm hitting you with on a daily basis. It was just, I was like, God, his brain, man. It just shows the power of the human mind. Like, you can do so many things. And, you know, in his case, he was doing so many creative, great things, you know, creating something. It just was like, God, like, he was on fire, man. Dude was on fire for a very long time. So, yeah, I was just like, I'm tripping. Well, one of the things that caught my attention was back when he did, you know, the Purple Rain Tour hit San Francisco for six nights, I believe, and I was at two of them. On one of the nights, the second encore, he did America. Mm. And nobody in the building knew what the hell that was, but (laughs) but they tore it up. Mm. And so I I thought we were special. And then I'm, as I'm reading this, on some nights he would open up with 17 days instead of, right. instead of Let's Go Crazy. I'm like, what? Where, where was I, man? What, what is all this? <laughs> yeah, he was, it's just, it's amazing, man, like I said. And that's just scratching the surface of the surface, you know, as we're getting into. I've gotten to the point in the book where he's actively recording stuff that is parade material. Yeah. And I've heard some of the stuff before. You know, the great thing, the thing that Dwayne is doing here is um, that he is pulling from a lot of different sources and grabbing them all and sort of creating a narrative with it, you know, which is, which is great. So you're getting the quotes from the people that were there, um, plus his interviews and stuff. And, I've, you know, just to hear the story again of Prince going into the studio and starting to record uh, the beginning of the Parade album. And, wow. And playing and playing those songs all the way through. Back to back. Yeah, that I've heard it before, but just to read it, there was a different way it was sort of being told reading it here. And I, I read that and you know, listening to Susan and Peggy and what they're describing it, and I'm just like, that was probably some headbuster-ish. Cause he's already a dope motherfucker, but then to, to sit there and watch him like just start playing the drums, and he's got these four songs in his head and he's just okay cool laid all the drum part the drum down okay let me get on the bass and just start adding and it's just it's a suite of music you know i almost feel like i've so like uh, associated these songs as separate songs in my mind but i was like if you really just sit down and think like if it had made that one track on the you know if it had been like whoa. no it's that's one song you would have been blown away but you're like whoa and if they would have told us like when that album came out, if they would have somehow been some marketing thing and said the first, you know, I don't know how long those songs are together, 10 minutes or the first 13 minutes, he recorded that, you know, himself, like just one shot and then just added. That would have added so much. You'd have been like, this would have been his most amazing body. You would have looked at it. I would have looked at it way different. I mean, I still looked at it as dope, but to know that that's how he did those first songs as just one long suite of music, I would have been like, are you kidding? Like, How do you go from one range to this? You know, it's so fascinating. And I was reading that, so I read that stuff and I had stopped the book. I was like, okay, I want to go listen to this album. I listened to the whole album in its entirety and I've heard that album millions of times. I was hearing stuff that I, even I've never bothered to pay attention to 
you know, in the album, particularly like um, sometimes it snows in April. I was listening to that. I was like, wow, okay, the way they were describing it, recording it, I can hear it. And that stuff I didn't even want to pay attention to before, like I was hearing like somebody's out of key or something playing the piano in certain parts, but I was like, they, they yeah. left that in. And I was like, I never picked up on that. But ah, it's just, an, that's an amazing fucking record in the context of how it was created. Uh, the songs, just every, you know, everything, Kiss, all of that stuff. It's, it's, that, that album is nuts, man. So I'm loving so far the book is making me really kind of take another eye or another ear to material that I've heard, you know, forever. Well, going back to January 1985, in particular, the night of the American Music Awards, mm. now I have the whole story. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had heard bits and pieces here and there. Now I know exactly what happened and why it happened. And I'm like, wow. You know, that's just wow. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> a lot of things were, were going on there, and and he did not seek that attention you know, situation occurred and had to be addressed. That was really all there was to it. Yeah, and it's interesting to learn. I don't know if you. It, this would be the only spoiler I'll say. There's another song that he addresses this situation in. That, it just hasn't been released. But I had never heard about this until I was reading the book. I was like, really? <laughs> and when I, I think if I'm, I'm, I don't have it in front of me, but I think the the title of the song is something he's done. Before, like I've heard. There's something he did, I think, on the Purple Rain tour where they're saying that title of the song in it. And uh, now I get it. Okay. I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's, there's, there's still a lot to unlock. And even for like super hardcore fans, you're going to, you're going to, just from what I read so far, there's still stuff in there that I, even I myself was like, oh, I never heard of this song. And, da, da. and you know, I can only imagine. I'd be thinking to myself, because Dwayne will start mentioning these songs I've never heard of, and he starts to kind of describe them a little bit, and I'm like, oh, see this motherfucker, he, done, he heard this stuff. <laughs> 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 He's obviously heard these songs. I was like, okay, okay. I was like, God damn, there's always, even with Prince, even Prince Steel now to this day, there's always like, just something like, God, I, I ain't never heard that. I want it. What? What is this you're describing? I ain't never heard this. So I love it, man. There's a lot to unlock and unpack, but but it's, so far I, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. And think about what you said earlier. You know, this book starts in, in January 1985. He's on tour, and he's still recording. You know, starting to record Parade, or the ideas the ideas are starting to come together. He's recording Romance 1600. Mm. Around the world today is done. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and he's just getting started. Like, like really. And he's on tour when all this is happening, too. Like, yeah, the family stuff is done. Yep. Yeah, that's just like, God damn. Yeah, man, this is... Yeah, and so... Uh, and also, uh, we want to welcome Aunt Pooh is here. I think he just sl- slipped in. Uh, yeah, who in the hell left the gate open? Hilarious. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I got my uh, exercise and uh, d- uh, dose of vitamin D. Don't even go uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> Out in the sunlight hey, with my beautiful daughter. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. All right. It sounds like you got your little drink on there or something. Yeah, 
Hey, you know how I got to do it. <laughs> I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at you. Um, well, and so, you know, reading the book so far and listening to some more music, I have, uh, I got to do, I want to do a pitch meeting. That's what I'm going to call this. I have another Prince movie idea. There's probably going to be a lot of these types of things. But, and, and if they want to take this, I'm not mad at it. Go ahead. But I want to pitch. Uh, you want your uh, your credit, your EQ yeah. I, credit, I'm, on my, I'm not on my DJ Quick right now. You know, I'm not. Wow. Burn, burn. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to DJ Quick. Um, no, I mean just putting because I want them to do something great because I'm a Prince fan, so I don't need the credit, and I'm not like it's that good anyway. But whatever we can put out there to push this forward, man, I say good for it. So this is a pitch meeting. I came up with a, a movie idea for Prince. So here it is. I'm saying you could do a movie, a Prince movie, but it would center around Prince, Morris Day, and Vanity. And so essentially the movie is about uh, them meeting, them coming up and meeting, you know, uh, you know, everything, the triple threat and all that stuff. And it ends at Purple Rain. So you sort of show this whole journey of thing, but it's not just about Prince because that would be a heavy, I mean, it's already enough to even cast a Prince and all that, but I'm like, uh, I think the movie would even be just as exciting and, and, and put some more stuff in there if you do it almost kind of like uh, Straight Outta Compton where it's not just about Easy or it's not just about Dre, it's about the three people. So this one, of course, you, it, it's about Prince, but it's also just as much you can have Morris's story in there, which I think you could pull from his book, right? And Vanity. And I think Vanity offers stuff that a lot of us don't know about all of her story. But it, I think, it, you know, again, you have the, the person we all know, Prince, but we also have the comedic element of Morris Day, which we know, and his, it's a great story. And you have, you know, sexy bomb as hell vanity that offers a different perspective story-wise too right so and you know my setup for the movie like how you would start it you would actually start the movie at the premiere of purple rain and it would be like you almost started from morris's perspective first and he's going to purple rain and and you know i was saying he was like um they wouldn't let morris into the premiere like he's like you know, what's going on? And the press is kind of starting to look and like, you know, this is and again, this is before Morris becomes a superstar, but he's known a little bit. And so it'd be Morris and Pepe Willie trying to get in. And then Morris would see Prince, you know, and of course, you'd sort of reenact when Prince was walking to the premiere, you know, out getting out of the limo. But in this case, Morris calls out to Prince. Oh, Prince, y'all, you ain't gonna let me in. And then, you know, I have more say, you took, but you, but did you give? You know, so I was like, you, you would pull shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go deep. But I would have him say that. And Prince, you know, would sort of break that sort of monotone sort of look that he has. And he looked over and he sees, yeah, he sees Morris. And then he sees Pepe. And he, and then he just, he looks and then he looks back at, he, he uh, nods to Big Chick and whispers in his ear. And then Big Chick, he basically telling Big Chick, go ahead and let him in. And when they sort of let uh, Morris in, you know, he starts doing his Morris thing. The cameras, everybody's taking this picture of Morris, Morris. 
and Prince is, you know, he uh, standing back and he's staring at him. And then as you sort of gaze into Prince's stare, and that would be, you know, that Prince stare. So the actor had to be on point. But then you fade into him and it fades back to when they was kids. And you go back, you know, north side, Minneapolis, and it would pick up. I would say it would pick up. And again, I'm not being totally accurate, like when things were happening, but it would pick up with Prince in a telephone booth. It'd be outside at night. And he's in the telephone booth. It could be rain, you know. It could be raining, like that'd be your problem. But it'd be raining. He's in the telephone booth. And he's on the phone with his dad, you know, asking his dad if he come come and live with them. And his dad is like, you know, no, you know. And then, uh, you know, his dad hangs up the phone, and Prince is like shocked, you know. And then uh, he starts crying. And this is a, he'd be a teenager, a young kid, but he'd be crying. And then it sort of cuts from there. You go into you know Prince moving in with the Andersons and and Andre and all that. And the, you know, and you'd have that. So you could have that type. And then you'd go to Morris uh, where he was at that time. And you would have, you know, introduce Morris then going to the new school and, you know, seeing Prince and Andre and those guys playing in a band. And he's like, oh, and then, you you know, you show how he met with uh, Andre, Simone and, and Prince and how they came together. So you you kind of have that oh this is how you know they came together they met this way they were all young and you could have a series of scenes you know when they're kids and sort of misadventure type stuff as they're starting to grow up while they're like getting more deeper into the music and you know so you'd be able to show and then you know the other part is that you could show vanity or wherever she was at that time possibly and so you you know what i mean so you have these three stories that sort of coming together and of course it'd be the you know once the success started to really kind of go and they started going on tour and, you know, all the drama that we already know with that and not letting them perform and the food fights. And you could show a little bit of Prince with the Rick James and how he finally meets Vanity. Right. And so that would be a great cinematic moment where they have the person playing Rick James. You know, you, I'm Rick James, bitch. You could have him say that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you could see how his, him and Prince's sort of interactions were. And you'd see Vanity and how Prince took Vanity. And um, so you could have all of that. You could have, there'd be a scene of maybe uh, Prince being booed at the Rolling Stone and Morris is filming it and trying to counsel them back. And then they, and you know, you kind of show how they was tight at one point and then how they start to splinter away. And they all sort of start to splinter away. And, you know, sort of the, it basically gets through showing a little bit of them making Purple Rain. And then, you know, in terms of the relationship aspect of the movie, it would be between Vanity and Prince. And you can see them kind of breaking apart. And you might see that Prince had other people kind of out there as well. And then Vanity's story, would she decides to leave that, maybe it wasn't a great situation for her. Uh, and she go, she has, you know, she meets Barry Gordy. You know, and then for her story, it would end with the last dragon, and for Prince's, you know, it would pick back, pick back up with Purple Rain came out. You know, we all know that story, and then you know, in terms of Morris's thing, it was like, well, Morris ended up becoming an even bigger star on his own, and he had his oak tree, and he sort of had his thing, and you know, your title card ending at the very end, you you know, Vanity passed away at this time due to whoop. 
you know, Prince ends up having multiple success and he, he passed away at that. You know, Morris Day is, is still around doing his thing. He's still out there doing his, and you could have, you know, the movie could end with the actual Morris Day in the time performance and it's like even at he's an old you know he's the man he is now i think maybe in his 60s or something and he's still doing you know the, the bird and you would and earlier in the movie you may have had a reenactment where they were like in the studio kind of creating that and it's like he's still living it on and he's older he's still doing it i think that would be a phenomenal movie man you know if done right you could take the the performance then of the time from the grammys a couple years ago that way you have the original members and you still have that same vibe. Yeah. Or they could just just record a whole new, you know, you can get all the guys together now and just yeah. have them just do a performance. But I just think it would, I think that would be, again, I, I was really thinking of like a straight out of Compton, which I thought what they did great was that they took three superstar sort of stories and they wove them together and showed how they had a career and, yeah, they did. And the influence that they had, because you could even have, you know, they could be the part where Prince fires Jamin Lewis. And even if you just had them later at, toward the later in the story where, uh, oh, remember Jamin Lewis? Oh, they're good. They, I heard they working with Janet or, or, you know what I mean? Or you just saw a little bit of, oh, okay. And, you know, again, for a lot of us, we already know the story, but think of all the people who don't, you know, they just know of Prince, you know what I mean? Or they just know of Morris because they see him all the time on social media or they've seen him in pop culture, but they don't know the story behind it. You know, and I think that would be a great story. How they was kids. You show how some of the uh, generational curses of the families can affect how people are when they get older. And I was going to say, if you show, I was going to say, when you first show Prince and you show him as a kid, and he's in the phone booth crying because he can't stay with his dad. I think that would have, a, you know, that can play into, you could see how maybe later he was, why he was acting a certain way later in the movie. And he didn't want no, you know, I got to have all the control or, you know, do it my way. You know, why would he become that kind of dude? And we just, well, you can kind of see he'd been through some shit, you know, that framed who they were. So I, and even with Morris, you kind of touch into, man, Morris, you, you doing coke, Morris? You know? Oh man, or you know what I mean? Like it kind of show how he started getting spiraling into that, and even same with vanity, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it would. And, then you, and you you have them sort of as young people, so always that's always inspiring thing to see people sort of rise up, and to be able to show them from kids to, you know, end it where they at the brink of superstardom. I think that'd be a good ass. That'd be a dope movie. You need to go ahead and do that. And get somebody like Spike to do it. Ah, and you have to have yeah, Spike could do it, and you know how he always have to have his little hallway slide scene. Yep. That would be Prince probably like going to the premiere and he just you know just slide that 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 Spike Lee shot of Prince coming up the red carpet and everybody going crazy and he's like terrified, kind of like scared, like wow, I really got this far with it. That would be some, that would be some shit. That would be some shit. They kind of include the scene where they're in a restaurant. I believe it was a restaurant. And Prince is talking to what is going to become the time. And Alec is all, I need to get paid, Mo. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Morris, you're singing. What? I am? (laughs) (laughs) I need more money. (laughs) 
Yeah, it would be a lot of class. This, yeah, it would be a funny movie, but it would be also it'd be a serious movie, you know, because I think you you couldn't not deal with sort of the changing demeanor, if, I, if that's a word to say, of Prince too, right? Like, because again, he's you know he would be the focus of the movie. Um, but and that's talked about in the book a little bit how his demeanor changes, you know, yeah. with success. Yeah. And you know who's the, you know shit, who's who's wouldn't? But it would exactly. I think it would humanize. He's all you know. It would just to show him as a child and a younger adult. You know that always helps. So you can at least learn a little bit about a person. And I think there's a lot to to learn and to to discover. All, all, not all of them. And I think you know the stuff with vanity would be like, wow, I never really knew that. Okay, amazing. You know. You can see how that could be a very uh, inspirational type of uh, thing. But anyway, like I said, I, I got, and that just kind of got inspired because I was reading the book, man. And I was just like, God, all these guys. And that's the other thing. They're so young. Like, you know, Prince was in his 20s and stuff, <laughs> you know, doing a parade and all that. I'm just like, wow. Like, just, he was so, uh, so talented, man. I'm just understatement, but. It's just, and then the, like the people around him, like, yeah, I, w- I was kind of thinking like, he's obviously, you know, he'd become a superstar at that point, but he was still early and he just had these people that were just down to do what he said, you know, because you believed in it. You know, they, and I was, you know, we, there's a lot going on with the, the engineers, you know, Peggy and Susan. And I'm like, why did they do it? Like some people just, man, I don't need this job. Like I don't get paid to do, you know, to be on this guy's whim. But it's like they actually, you know, loved what he was doing. Like they was into it for the most part. And I just, I was like, God, I was trying to imagine working for somebody who he would just call you up at any given moment and say, okay, I'm ready to go. You know, you got to be here. Let's let's get busy. Who was it in the book? I think it was Eddie M. It was Eddie M. Yeah. And the stuff he was saying, I I never thought about it like that, but and in reality, I w- that would be the only way I would have thought about it, the way he described it. And I was like, that says a lot, man. You could just, he's got you just waiting, and he'll let you know when he needs you. But you, but you have to like really be like, you know what? This dude is the shit. I'm around this guy that is incredible, and he's in there doing his magic, and like he's on call on me to be a part of it, and I gotta be here and be ready. I just, that's dope, man. I guess that always happens when. I think of like um, death row records. I think of at least the guys that were working with Dre, you know, like on the chronic, like, okay, Dre's doing, he going he to ask, you know, for a verse. I'm going to be here. I'm ready. Or I can contribute a beat. He might use it and develop it. I'm here. I'm ready. I got, you know, rhymes on, on deck. I'm ready to go. And I was like, God, that's, that has to be an amazing place to be in where you got these dudes that are, dope at what they do they're underneath the master of what that particular field and like he's like yo i'm a i'm gonna I'm give you a call when i need you and just you gotta be ready to jump to get down and i'm on some magic shit and you you a part of this i it just you know what i mean that type of like ah man i'm good enough to be here with this dude and he's creating some ill shit that's amazing man that's amazing but anyway, man, I, I could just keep running. 
Prince is a cold piece of work. Man. I love him. Love it. Um, but yeah, I'm just continuing to, well, I'm going to keep reading. I'm taking my time with this one. The last one I kind of, you know, bulldoze through, but this one I'm, I'm just reading a little bit. I'm, I'm letting it soak in. And I'm like, I stop and think about like, okay, he just was recording this song and this song. Like, and I look, go back and look at the dates and I'm like, there's really no break times. Like he's doing a show. Then they go to the studio. Then another show. Then he goes to, it's like, man, even his little vacation. I never heard about that. Uh, the vacation. <laughs> yeah. Two days. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. I was just like, wow. He had, he could have did anything. He could have been partying, you know, and I wouldn't have blamed him. Like just, nope. he was like, I'm working, man. He's like, I got there. Okay. See it. I'm done. Let's go back. <laughs> I'm bored. Yeah. That tripped me out. I was like, okay. Wow. But, um, yeah, man. So, you know, I've been reading it as well. I, I, like I said earlier, I, I was reading and finishing the Tommy Mottola book and I stopped that to read some of this and I'm all, you know, hunched up on the couch just like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Let me stop. Let me stop. Because then once I get into this, I'm going to be into it. Yeah. So let me finish up these other things, you know, clear the play a little bit and then just slowly jump in and savor all of these good stories from this from this book and i am loving it yeah absolutely yeah so that's all that's all i got on it um we're definitely going to do a review at some point but uh yeah if you need any incentive you know if you any sort of prince fan or just a, a musician fan of music i'm telling you right now go ahead and get that first book uh by duane uh, you will enjoy it. It's it's a thick, in-depth look. And uh, it's one of them things, man, I don't want it to be over. You exactly. Know? That's why I'm like, I'm not going to brush through it. I don't want it to be over that fast. So I'm going to take my time and enjoy this. I guess that's like some people, when they listen to the podcast, they'd be like, sometimes I think, man, the podcast was over three hours. That's a little, that's a long time. Then somebody emailed me or something, man, I listened to it twice. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, yeah, I, was, I wish it was longer, though. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I get it. But uh, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Big Sexy and Sack, Yo. where can they find you? You, you got to plug your other, you have mm. another show, too, that you do. Yes, yes. I can be found at the usual haunts, Mark Wiggins 2 on Instagram, Mark Wiggins on Facebook and WSE Mark on Twitter. And I have wrapped up the second installment of this is my world. My little, uh, my little solo spot in the podcast juice universe. And, uh, on this episode, I delve deep into the 1987 Grammy album of the year category. Mm. And yes, I listened to every one that was nominated, so I do not talk out of my hat. <laughs> and it was a good time, and I learned a lot about a lot of different music. And, you know, again, when I started doing that, I decided to step out of my own comfort zone and try things I've never tried before. And this was a, was a piece of that. It was a lot of fun for me. I hope you guys, you know, enjoy it. 
one question, and yes. this is to push people to listen to it. So do you? So you go over all of the albums that were nominated for that yes. year, and do you give your pick? Yes, I do. Okay, don't don't. We got to go through the show to get the pick, but all right, I love that. So that's a great idea. All right, uh, and with that, uh, and I'm gonna, and I'm going to do Ampu. Shout out to Ampu, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Podcastjuice.net. You can check us out on Twitter, uh, Instagram, our Patreon. And listen, we need you to help. To, to, we need you to continue to support us on Patreon. If you haven't already, you can sign up for just a dollar a month. That's all you got to give for your appreciation <laughs> to what we do here. Come on, I know you ain't. You know, if you if you can't afford a dollar a month, then that's another podcast. But um, <laughs> come on, y'all. And let me just think. And that's what we're going to start doing on some of the next shows. We're going to start naming the, our Patreons just to show them more love because y'all are just like doing an excellent, excellent job with the support. Um, so we just want to shout out. We, we love you. With that said, work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace.